Hey everyone, thanks for joining. Today I want to talk about fear. And I have some interesting perspectives on fear because at this point in my life, I am really controlled by my fears. And there were times in my life where I wasn't controlled by my fears at all. I did anything and everything I wanted to do. I was carefree. I took risks. It was amazing. So much fun. And it felt so good. And when I think back to those times, I always brings a smile to my face. But today, today I'm having a really hard time letting go of my fear and seeing past my fear to what the possibilities for my life could be if I was willing to walk through that fear to the other side of it. When we get into a space of fear where we're allowing fear to control our actions and our behaviors and our thoughts, that's when we become really susceptible to people using anger as a method of control. Because if you're not fearful, then anger doesn't really bother you. You kind of let it roll off your back. You're like, ah, let him be angry, whatever, I don't mind. But when you're living in a space of fear, when someone gets angry at you, your mind goes crazy, goes wild, goes, what if they leave? Or what if they become violent? Or what if this happens? Or what if that happens? And then you start modifying your own behavior to try to avoid that anger because you're so fearful about the outcome. And that is a space that I've been stuck in. When I got into this relationship, my plans were to just live a carefree life. I was about to start a traveling adventure. I wasn't exactly sure about the direction I wanted things to go, but I was interested in helping people become healthy. I was doing makeup from time to time. And I wasn't really concerned where my next paycheck was coming from because things always just kind of worked out for me. Well, when I got into this relationship, he started with some red flags that I didn't notice were red flags called grooming. And that is subtle, subtle put downs, subtle jabs at who you are and your personality, what you're doing, right? One of the things he said was, what's your 10-year plan? And I said, you know, I don't really have like a 10-year plan right now. At that time, I had just gotten out of a marriage and my father had just passed away and I really was kind of trying to get by, you know? So I wasn't super concerned with 10 years from now. I was more concerned with the next 10 days. And I think that there are periods of our life where it is okay to live in that space. Of course, it's good to have goals and have aspirations and something that you're working toward. But there's going to be periods of time in your life where you really just need to take it one day at a time. And it's okay to be in that space. And that's where I was at the time. But here was this person who expressed all this interest in me, who was saying how amazing I was, that they wanted to take care of me. And I was really worried that I was going to lose that if I didn't live up to the expectations of who he wanted to be with. So he started asking me about my 10-year plan and I kind of scrambled. I was like, oh, I need something. You know, I, I need to do something because if I don't, he's going to walk away. You know, he really made it seem like he couldn't be with somebody who didn't have their stuff together. And by me not having a 10-year plan that lived up to his standards, then I wasn't up to his standards. And that made me feel really bad about myself. It made me feel like maybe I wasn't being responsible or that I was being immature because I was trying to survive. So I decided to start down a new pathway, a new career path. And I started coaching people in fitness. I had been certified as a personal trainer so that I could help my father through his battle with cancer. And it wasn't really something that I was super interested in doing for other people. 
I really enjoyed working out and I really enjoyed training myself. And I was glad to have the knowledge and the certification so that I could be better at the things that I enjoyed doing. I wasn't really passionate about doing it for other people. But the way he talked to me, I decided that I needed to get like a real job, you know, like a quote, quote unquote, real job. So I started training people online. And after a while, I realized that my client's results were really showing up in the areas of mindset and the emotional side of things. So I decided to pivot with the business and shift into mindset coaching instead of diet and exercise coaching. Because I figured anybody can find a diet and exercise plan for free on the internet, but what they really need is the assistance in getting over the mental hurdles that are keeping them from sticking to that plan. And it worked out really well. And the results that my clients were getting were fantastic, phenomenal. And they were all able to do these incredible things. And I was so proud of myself. And it's over time, I noticed that as the business grew and became more successful, my guy started getting kind of resentful and he would pick fights with me before my coaching calls and try and just destroy my mood and my confidence. So while he wasn't outright telling me not to do that as a career, he was basically trying to sabotage it. And as hard as I tried to resist it, it's very difficult to be happy and chipper and optimistic when the person you're with is constantly wearing you down and criticizing you and trying to shake your confidence. So I ended up getting to a point where I was really fearful that I wasn't doing the right thing, that I didn't have what it took to be able to coach people into living their best life. And I started to get really down on myself. And when I look back on it, I can see that me moving away from coaching was out of fear, fear that I wasn't good enough fear that it wasn't going to work out, fear that he was going to start a fight with me because I had to do a work event. And also I can see that the whole reason that I got into coaching in the first place was out of fear. I was fearful that he was going to leave me and that I was going to be alone and abandoned because my career wasn't up to what his standards were. I didn't even think about what my standards for my life were. I was so consumed with making sure that I lived up to somebody else's standards that what I wanted didn't even matter. It didn't even cross my mind what it was that I wanted. And I want to put a little disclaimer in here that although I moved into the coaching space out of fear, once I got there, it opened my eyes to a whole new world and I fell in love. And I'm so grateful that I got that push to move into that space because helping people achieve their life goals is one of the most rewarding things I've ever done with my life. I mean, I've helped people start families. I've helped people buy their dream house, overcome eating disorders, start businesses, heal from past trauma. I mean, it's just the best thing I think I've ever done as a career. And as I heal myself, I'm realizing that I am still qualified to do those things. Just because I feel scared and down sometimes doesn't mean that I'm not qualified to help people achieve those things. I have helped people achieve those things. It's done already. I'm able to do it and I'm really good at it. And so my mission for the last few months has been to start to help myself rebuild that confidence that I've lost and get back into the space where I realize 
I don't have to have every single thing in my own life figured out to be able to help other people. And that when you are inside a situation and you're too close to it, it's really hard to see it in perspective. But when you're on the outside, having that perspective is much, much easier. So even if, for example, your therapist needs a therapist, it doesn't mean that they can't help you. In fact, most therapists have their own therapists and they're still qualified to do their job. They have the training, they have the experience, they can see your situation from an outside perspective and that is invaluable. So I guess my point here is that even though you feel fear, we don't have to let it control us and we don't have to let it consume all our actions. Another thing that I've been experiencing a lot of fear around lately is leaving. If you listen to the other episodes of this podcast, you'll know what kinds of things have been going on. And I'm at a point now where I'm just experiencing so much fear around leaving and staying. Like if I leave, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? How am I going to support myself? How am I going to start my whole life over? And if I stay, am I going to miss out on all of the things that I really want to do with my life? Am I ever going to get to travel the way I want to travel? Am I ever going to get to live that carefree life? Or am I always going to be looking over my shoulder, waiting for the next shoe to drop? It seems like most of my days are consumed with fear. What's he going to be like when he gets home from work today? What kind of fight are we going to get into next? I've been listening to a lot of YouTube videos about abusive relationships, and sometimes the fears that go through my head are even, am I going to make it out of this alive? My neighbors told me that they're worried I'm going to end up on Dateline. They think I'm going to get murdered. And that is not a great feeling to have, (laughs) not a great feeling to live with. And that's something I haven't quite touched on yet in this podcast, but it's something I think this is a perfect episode for it, is the fear of your life, the fear of your own well-being. Just because somebody is not physically abusive doesn't mean that they can't become violent. And even if they've never shown signs of violence in the past, it's still possible that if you try to leave, your life may be in danger. And so that's something you really have to weigh. You have to know your resources. You have to be able to prepare well. You have to be able to really know the person. And if you don't know the person, then you have to take the extra precautions to keep yourself safe because overreacting is better than underreacting in this situation. And that's a fear that I'm having as well, that as I distance myself emotionally from this relationship and I start thinking about going off and starting my life on my own, I really have to wonder, is that a safe transition for me? I've been with this person for nearly four years now, and I still don't really know. I don't know the answer to that question. Can he become violent? Is my life going to be in danger? I don't know. And that's a really scary place to be. And for fears like that on that level, the best thing that you can do, the thing that I'm doing, the thing that we all need to do is get support, call the hotlines, get, you know, support from a domestic violence shelter or or resources, prepare for your exit, and then do so in a way that is safe. That's not alone. Like if you need to have a friend or family member with you, or if you just need to leave a note and leave, there's so much pressure on us from society that says like, oh, don't break up with somebody through email or text or a phone call. It should be done face to face. But if you're in an abusive relationship and you're trying to leave face to face is the most dangerous way to handle that situation. And it's far better to 
have those kinds of thoughts that maybe that wasn't the most respectful way for me to do that than it is to be laying in a hospital bed thinking, oh my gosh, I should have just left a note. So really just take this seriously and do what you need to do to protect yourself. Because like I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, some fears are there to keep us safe. There is a healthy level of fear where it is your intuition telling you how to protect yourself. You know, if we didn't have any fear, we wouldn't survive, right? If you're standing in front of a lion and they're charging at you like they're going to eat your face off and you don't feel any fear, that's a problem. So fear is not something we want to completely eradicate from our lives, but we want to be able to get in control of it and to be able to recognize it, figure out what it's telling us, and then move through the fear and take the appropriate action. So when we talk about my situation, right, my fears of leaving versus my fears of staying, which one is worse? Which one? I have to weigh those options. I have to figure out which fears, like which outcome I'm okay with and which outcome ultimately would not be good for me, right? If I stay and I get killed, that's not good. That's the worst possible scenario. But if I leave and I have to struggle a little bit, that outcome is okay. That outcome is survivable. That outcome can eventually lead to a happy and healthy life because I can always work to improve my situation. But when I stay in this relationship, I've been working to improve my situation for four years and nothing is working because I have somebody constantly fighting against me. It is impossible to improve your situation when the person you're trying to improve it with is actively working against you. I spent seven and a half hours a week in support groups and therapy just to try to make things work, to try to keep my sanity, and it's not working. And when I look at what he's doing, he's going to one one hour therapy session with me a week. It really highlights the amount of effort that we're putting into making this work. Clearly, he's not putting in the same amount of effort that I am. And I'm at a point where I feel like I'm just beating my head against a wall because I'm too scared to go out on my own. And what kind of life is that? Do I want to continue on with this path? Is this the kind of life I envisioned for myself? Is this all I deserve? Is this the best I can do? No, it's not. I know that I can do better. I know that I can be better. Even if I'm alone, it will probably be better. My mission now is to recognize that, you know, accept that on an emotional level and be able to move through the fear of leaving and get myself safe and get myself on a new path of growth where I can at least have the opportunity to explore and pursue the dreams I have for myself. Because where I'm at right now, I know those dreams are not going to come true because I will because I will have somebody actively working against me to make sure that they don't come true. And that's not the kind of life I want for myself. And these are principles that you can apply in your own life too. If you're in a relationship where you feel like you are just beating your head against a wall and nothing is getting better, or maybe you're feeling like things are not getting better and then they start telling you that they are getting better and you're confused and you're thinking, no, I don't think that's what's going on. Don't let them gaslight you. You know what your reality is. And nobody else can tell you how you feel. So if you don't feel like things are getting better, then they're not getting better for you. Maybe they're feeling better for them, but you're not them. You can't feel what they're feeling. You can only feel what you're feeling. You have to prioritize that. And don't let your fears stop you from living the incredible life that you deserve to live. Nobody deserves to be treated with disrespect or belittled or dehumanized. Nobody deserves to feel criticized all the time. 
and you don't have to stand for it. If you want help gaining the strength to be able to get through this, to be able to put your fears in perspective, to get other opinions, head over to our Facebook group, Through the Fire, where you can connect with other people who are in similar situations and people who are in every stage of what you're going through, from people who haven't made it as far as you have to people who have made it out and seen the light on the other side. We're there for your support, and you can also ask questions to get answered in this podcast. So find us on Facebook, Through the Fire. And please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It means the world to me, and it helps get these valuable messages out to many other people who are still suffering.